Over the last year, nearly two in five adult New Yorkers have experienced at least one of the symptoms of food insecurity, and a little more than half of adults worry that they might be unable to pay for their next grocery bill if faced with an unexpected expense of $500 or more, according to a recent survey from No Kid Hungry. So with this backdrop, you might think that elected officials across New York are doing everything in their power to ensure people have access to their next meal. But reporting from the progressive news outlet New York Focus indicates that's not necessarily the case when it comes to promoting access to federal food stamp benefits, known as the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP. For more on the issue, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room by Jessica Radboard, a senior attorney at the Empire Justice Center, which helps protect the legal rights of vulnerable New Yorkers. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. It's our pleasure. So first of all, can you explain how the SNAP program has traditionally worked in terms of who's generally eligible and what the benefits can consist of? Under the food stamp program rules, to be eligible for benefits, household income has to fall below a certain level and their resources have to fall below a certain level. These are going to be low-income families who need help being able to buy groceries. The maximum benefit levels in New York for a family of one are $281, and for a family of three, it's $740. It's going to vary based on the household size and whether or not they have other income coming into the family. And are those benefits doled out on, say, a weekly benefit? Are they a monthly benefit? How how should we think of them? No, the benefits come monthly. That's on an electronic benefits card. So people can use that to go to the grocery store and buy nutritious food that they need to keep their families healthy. And is this primarily a federal program in terms of where the money comes from and it's administered locally, or does the state play a role in it? How does this trickle on down to eventually money in people's pockets? Food stamps is a federal entitlement program. That means it's 100% federally funded for the benefits that go into people's pockets. And let's be really clear about this. For New York, that's $674 million coming into our economy in just one month. That was the level of benefits in March of 2023. Almost 3 million New Yorkers receiving those benefits. The food stamp program in New York is supervised at the state level by the Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance, referred to as OTDA or OTDA, but it's administered at the county level. We have 58 different social services districts. There's one for the five boroughs of New York City and 57 districts for the 57 counties in the rest of the state. And how are those social service entities doing at making sure that people who are eligible for SNAP benefits are actually signed up for the program and potentially receiving them? In New York, that's a bit of a complicated question. So like I was saying before, the Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance has ultimate oversight of the program, but the program is administered by those 58 different social services districts. So we've got 58 districts handling their own document management systems, managing their own computer systems to process applications, and right now the critical thing, hiring and training and retaining their staff. So overall, we can see that New York is not succeeding in timely processing applications, and that's true both in the city and the rest of the state, but there are some dramatic differences between the 58 districts. Not all of them are failing to process applications on time. 
Well, what can the range of responses look like from these social service districts? Right now, New York City is being sued for application delays. At Empire Justice Center, we focus on the rest of the state. In March of 2023, five districts, Broome, Dutchess, Rockland, Ulster, and Wayne, were failing to process more than half of their food stamp applications on time. The high is 73% of the applications being processed late. 13 of the districts were processing more than 20% of their applications late. More than a third are processing more than 10% of the applications late. Every month, what that means is that there are tens of thousands of New York families who aren't getting decisions on their applications on time, which means they aren't getting those federal benefits that they're entitled to, which means that they aren't able to buy food. They're going hungry. And we're not even talking about minor delays. In January, for instance, we were seeing late applications being processed in some districts at 77 days, 64 days. That's more than double than what's permitted under federal and state law. And do people need to regularly, say, reapply for SNAP benefits or recertify that they're still eligible? Or are these delays solely from people who are applying to get on the program for, let's say, the first time, potentially? They do need to recertify, and we're seeing problems with recertification processing, too. So then the major delays that you're talking about are people who are trying to get on for the, the first time? We think that there are problems in both. So far at Empire Justice Center, we've been looking mostly to the new applications that are coming in and the delays there. Unfortunately, this data isn't easily available public website, and so we have to do freedom of information law requests to access the data and analyze it. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're talking about the process of applying for food stamps in New York, and our guest is Jessica Radbord, a senior attorney at the Empire Justice Center. Well, is this dynamic a new phenomenon, maybe a product of the pandemic, or do these types of delays predate 2020? The reason why we're seeing such huge problems right now is primarily due to a high level of staffing vacancies in some of the districts. Controller DiNapoli mentioned staffing shortages in state agencies on capital pressure last week. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. That became, of course, and I know, you know, for state agencies, it became a huge problem during the pandemic, but it wasn't just the state. It's a problem in the counties, too. Vacant positions need to get filled in fast. There just aren't enough people to do the work in some of the districts. We're talking about shortages of 25% of the staff missing. It's really at a crisis level. If the districts don't have enough money to hire and retain staff, county legislators or the state need to step in to help. These jobs, which are really important work, paid more. Maybe these positions would be easier to fill and people would be more likely to stay. I also think it's incumbent on counties to see if there are workers in other departments or units who can be pulled in to relieve the stress on the application processing staff. And I think it's time for a review of hiring and onboarding policies and procedures that would probably be helpful. We've got to get people doing this work and fast. And here's a point that I want to flag. Districts are legally required to get these applications processed on time. I spoke to a mother of three children yesterday who reported that she went without SNAP benefits for almost three months after turning in her paperwork. When she called repeatedly to check on the status of her application, she wasn't told that her benefits would be issued soon. 
she was told that she should go to a food pantry. Our food banks do an amazing job, but we can't expect that people will be able to survive on food pantry resources alone, especially when they're entitled to SNAP benefits. So what can people do about this? Applicants have a legal right to have their applications processed on time. So they can request a fair hearing to ask for their application to be processed in accordance with state and federal law, but that's gonna take a lot of time and it's really burdensome to wait for that fair hearing for something that everyone agrees is what's legally required. Legal service providers can file lawsuits on behalf of everyone in a district, a class action lawsuit, like the one that's pending against New York City right now. Uh, Empire Justice Center has done a number of those cases in the past. There are currently a lot of districts with delays, and it really shouldn't take a court order to get applications processed on time when the law on this is so clear. The burden really shouldn't be on the applicants. It shouldn't be on the people waiting to get their benefits processed. This is a problem that the districts, that OTDA, state and county legislators need to work together to solve. And I hope we'll see progress at the national level that makes applying for and recertifying for food stamps easier for applicants and for states to manage. If there weren't such extensive information required on applications and such detailed verification requirements, it would be a lot easier to process these applications and we'd be less likely to see delays. Well, does the system need to be this hard? For example, should we move away from the decentralized application and certification process and let the state be responsible for signing people up and recertifying people? That's a great question. But right now, in the short term, Resolving the staffing shortage at the county level has to be the top priority. There is a limit on the number of applications one worker can process in a day. And if the districts don't have the workers, they can't catch up. We have an immediate crisis right now. People are going without federal benefits that they're entitled to right now and are going hungry and can't buy groceries. The staffing problem is something we need to solve. But... Longer term, I do think, uh, and even right now, OTDA can also play a role. We encourage OTDA to actively work with USDA's Food and Nutrition Service, which is the federal agency responsible for food stamps, to figure out how to remove red tape and get benefits out to the people who are entitled to them. Similarly, we encourage OTDA to work with the districts that are really struggling with these application processing delays. Can OTDA help counties deal with staffing shortages or take a look at how districts are handling SNAP applications and recertifications to give them advice and counsel on how to make it more efficient and client-centered and minimizing the burdens on staff and applicants, including the folks who don't have computers or smartphones, of course. We want to get those benefits out the door to people who are entitled to them. But for the really long term, I do think the state and county leaders have to look at what needs to change what's working and what isn't. And to do that, I think we're gonna need more transparency related to the administration of the program. Let's make delay rate information publicly available. New York City does that, but the other districts currently don't. We have to put in a freedom of information request for that information. Let's also look at the technology that's being used by the state and by the districts. Some of it is decades old. What about the staffing shortages? When we're Undertaking that sort of review, we'll have the opportunity to learn from the districts that are effectively managing the process and from other states. And at the national level, as Congress begins to work on the Farm Bill, 
I would hope that they would be working to expand access to SNAP benefits and to make the application process less burdensome. New York is currently constrained by federal law. Can we make that federal law better? Getting benefits just to be able to buy groceries shouldn't be so hard. And it's about to get even harder thanks to some of the provisions in the debt ceiling bill that's about to be signed into law by President Biden if that hasn't happened already by the time this airs. If the application process were simplified and verification were made less onerous, processing applications promptly would be so much easier and it would reduce administrative costs. Well, finally, you mentioned at the top that this is a federally funded program. Is there a potential role that you see in the state augmenting what the federal government puts aside either to increase what people are receiving monthly, or to expand eligibility beyond federal parameters? That's a great question. Hunger causes a host of different health problems, uh, educational problems for kids. And so I do think it's worth taking a close look at that. But I think right now we, we have the food stamp program. We need to focus on how do we make this work for New Yorkers and look at what resources are needed to get those benefits out the door to the people who need them. Well, we've been speaking with Jessica Radford. She's a senior attorney at the Empire Justice Center. Jessica, thank you so much for making the time and explaining this issue to us. Thanks for having me. And for more on this issue, check out the story from New York Focus that inspired our coverage. And you can find that at nysfocus.com. Support for the Capitol Press Room is provided by the Bull Moose Club in Albany, a co-working space for people with business at the Capitol or those just needing a home base for the day. More information on facilities and other services available at bullmooseclub.com.